This is our Pacific Northwest music. We're going to be talking to local musicians, bands, talking about their passions and why they play such awesome music. Why would I ever want to miss this? Find us on Instagram or Facebook, Our PNW Music, or our website, ourpnwmusic.com. Skagit Valley, you don't want to miss this. Okay, here we are, beautiful Birdsview, Washington, and uh, we're here with Havila. Havila, can you kind of tell us who you are? I mean, we're kind of coming into this, the listeners anyway, might be a little blind to who you are. So describe yourself a little uh, bit. My name, I'm Havila, and uh, I'm a songwriter and a singer and a musician and educator. Um, I've lived in the Northwest since 92. Um, took an 11-year stint in Austin, Texas, and moved back to Bellingham about two years ago. And I've been playing all over, doing songwriting programs with kids, working with elderly, doing songwriting, and performing a bunch. So, yeah. That's, that's oh, what I'm that's doing. Exciting. That's exciting. I, yeah. I always like to start off at the beginning, like when you were a, a kid. What what drew you to music? Did you have music playing when you were around? Uh, you know, um, I, my parents bought uh, or got an old piano when I was seven. <laughs> it's a really vivid memory of mine that I, I tell this story a lot. And I have a, a, I mean, I might have even been younger. I might have been four or five, but I literally remember walking down the stairs um, before anyone was awake and playing this piano that they had just gotten, and I and that's when it started. I was mesmerized um, and started writing songs right away. And my dad played. I thought my good my dad plays guitar, and I played. I think he plays about three songs. But I, as a kid, I thought he was incredible. Aww. He plays the Gambler. He plays Green Sleeves. <laughs> And maybe one other that I can't remember, but yeah. So he was kind of your your yeah, first idol, so or your guitar first... was yeah, yeah. I definitely always felt familiar and connected to the guitar. Right? Did you have uh, you know um, like uh, musicians that you kind of idolized when you were a kid, or groups, or anything? Oh or god, just... that's kind of embarrassing. <laughs> Tiffany, God, oh, Tiffany. Yeah, yeah, when yeah. I was twelve, <laughs> Tiffany was making it big. She was sixteen, and she was playing in malls, and I thought that was the coolest. Um, but I did fall in love with Joni Mitchell when I was um, about 15, 16 years old, and that. that so was where were huge. you listening to Joni Mitchell at? Did you? Do your parents have I some albums? I was really or? lucky. Um, my parents sent me to a performing arts school in Interlochen, Michigan. I went to Interlochen Arts wow. Academy, yeah. which was huge. That was a huge turning point for me. That's on my list here me. too. That yeah. and your Manhattan School of Music. When did yeah. you go to those? Or how old? So were you I when? was ninth and tenth. No. 11th and 12th grade was interlocking. Um, and yeah, I was really, really struggling in the public school system. And my parents had gotten divorced. And I was just kind of hiding in these practice rooms in public school, playing the piano and uh, freaking out. And But I was writing. I was always writing songs. And so my voice teacher at the time and my parents were, were really supportive and got me auditioning for different art schools and so I went to Interlochen for my junior senior year and then I graduated and went to Manhattan School of Music for Jazz Voice and that honestly that didn't last long. <laughs> that was, that was a, a rude awakening to what it's like to go from the the forest you know of northern Michigan to New York City you know being in being 18 being in school working two jobs taking three subways to school sharing a tiny apartment with a friend. I mean, it was just oh. a little too much. Yeah. Well, um, yeah. 
the, the funny, the weird thing is that like people talk about these schools a lot, and yeah. you kind of hear them. Yeah, You've yeah. Heard, I've heard people say, "Oh, I did this school and that school." Right. Can you describe what that means? What does it mean to go to those schools that you did? What did you do there? Uh, so Interlochen was great in that it was a high school, and um, Interlochen is a, was original is a famous for its summer camp. So it had for, I think like. Is it two? I think like two hundred years or a hundred? No, maybe oh. not. At least a hundred years. That's a great history <laughs> of the summer camp. This music, really prestigious um, summer camp of music, and then it turned, and then they opened the year-round school, um, maybe in the fifties or sixties. Um, but for me, at that age, I you know I wasn't athletic, I wasn't popular, I was really introverted, and I was very artistic. And to go to a high school at that age where you're so self-conscious and you're so aware of what people are thinking about you, to be supported not for what you look like or who you're hanging out with, you know, but for your art. And so the, the kids that I went to school with, everyone was so talented. Oh, and that, sweet. I think, for me was the biggest gift that Interlochen gave me was to see everyone you know, for who they were in terms of their passion oh, and what they were really good at. And I felt really supported. And Manhattan School of Music, um, it's a conservatory. You're immersed, again, in, you know, a very disciplined way of, you know, looking at music as an artist and, and the kind of work and practice and knowledge that goes into that. But I wasn't ready. Um, and, I, and honestly, I didn't really connect with the faculty that were teaching the Jazz Voice program. Um, and I just, I just, I mean, I love jazz and I still sing with other projects that, you know, that style of music, but, um, but I was writing and I wanted to be a songwriter. So were you playing the guitar at this time? I was still the, no, I was the piano. I was playing the piano. Yeah. And, yeah. Interesting. Huh. Yeah. So when did the guitar come in then? I joined a rock band and so I went <laughs> from New York to Seattle and, uh, joined a rock band really early on and this is in 92 Oh, everybody was um, coming to Seattle. Yeah, everybody was. <laughs> and, and I just kind of, I was visiting a friend and then just didn't leave. And I was, so I was in that band for a few years. And, and that what was, was the name of that band again? Wish. Wish. That was a more educational experience for me as a friend, leading a band, being a friend, you know, being a singer, being a vocalist. That was a more educational experience than I think the conservatory would have wow. been. Excellent. And it was awesome. But I did. I picked up the guitar. I started writing again. I hadn't really written as much because the piano isn't very portable. And yeah. So I started writing again and realized after a few years, you know, this, this has been awesome. I loved the guys that I played with, but I was ready to do my own solo thing, and I've been doing that. So Since. is that when you took off and went to Europe then, is after you were done with the with No, the no, that was years. So the, um, I moved to Bellingham, put out my first album in 97, Super Farmhouse. Um, and then I went to Europe for a year. Um, also to do, I was becoming a teacher. I got my master's in teaching and went to Spain to, uh, to finish that program. But I also was performing... Um, moved to Austin, Texas. This is like 2006. Moved to Austin, Texas. And then I've toured Europe a few times in the last few years. Okay. Uh, just some little short, shorter stints in Europe. Um, solo and then with another artist a few years back in Austin. How does that work? So you're going, you're going to go all the way over to Europe. And, and granted, you did leave, live there for a little bit. But, but how do you connect with, with where you're going to uh, it's, play? It's and, stunning yeah. how different the attitude is is there in, in regards to original songwriters 
And it was, I mean, to contact, I mean, I already know how to you know, do, do the booking thing. I know my, you know, I'm contacting people that, that book shows at different venues and getting connected. Um, but, uh, but the thing is, is I'm, I'm pitching countries that I've never been to. And they, you know, listen to the music, they dig it, they sell tickets, they promote, they guarantee, they put you up. These are wow. countries I've never been to. Wow. And then to show up and have a full theater of people that are there, like ready oh, and willing to great. see and hear music they've yeah. never heard before. Yeah. So the, I was telling you before, the attitude towards original music and original songs is very different right. in terms of audience and in terms of promoters and venues. It's so it's so people who make a living being doing what I do um, are tr are going to Europe at least twice a year. Wow! Because that's a mon that's that's money and that's a really loyal, appreciative audience. That's great. Before we get too far into this, yeah. um, I don't want to jump to now because mm -hmm. I really want to talk about that. But yeah. but but we want to splice some music into the show. Yeah. So can you kind of pick one of your songs out that you're playing like regularly right now um, when you're doing a show? Like here we are at Bird's View. Uh, mm -hmm. Birdsview Brewery, and you're going to do a show tonight. Um, maybe one of the songs you're going to play tonight, that kind of thing. Like, how does it, wh what song is it, and kind of where did you come up with that song and how, how it's being played today? Um, so recently, in the last, well, recently being the last four years, I guess, time just <laughs> keeps going by faster and yeah. faster. Uh, I started working on a program very, it's happening very slowly, but it's happening. I sit with elderly. I sit with people oh. who are over the age of 80, and I listen to their life story, and then I attempt to write a song about it. And this is a program that I'm really uh, feel really deeply about. It you know it requires time, it requires funding, so I just do it when I when I can. Oh my gosh, But that's I will excellent. feature some songs tonight from that project. So songs um, that I've written about people who live you know are living in Bellingham. Um, have memories, you know, of their of their parents coming over from Sweden, coming from Portugal, going to California, like their journey from those parts of the country to Bellingham. I mean, when you sit with someone who's lived almost a century, yeah. the perspective and the piece of American history that you get is is really profound. And to be able to capture that and then you know make it into a song. Um, now, now it's something that lasts forever that people can listen to and share with their families and their greater communities. And I think you know the oral history of our of our hist of our culture is getting lost. And I think it's a really beautiful way. Um, so that's those are some songs that I'll play tonight that aren't haven't been released formally yet. I'm gonna play a song called Appalachia, and it is a song um, that I wrote as part of my life song project. Uh, based on the life story of a guy named Harry up in Bellingham. Harry grew up in Appalachia, and uh, this is a song about him. What do we become of me? 
So that we just checked that song out, um, and what a cool thing to be to That's be. Amazing. I want to dive into that just a little bit more. I yeah, mean, I know I, I know we already said I wanted to go back to the you know the playing and stuff, but uh, but let's talk more about these stories. So you know, are you talking to these people and are you do they know your intention uh, for writing their story? Uh, you know, writing their story into a song. I think so. You know, it's I've noticed it's so again you're dealing you're you're working with people who are older and who are these the the people that I've interviewed so far are living, or were living at the Mount Baker Care Center in Fairhaven in Bellingham, um, and some of them uh, get it and and some of them I'm not really they ask they're like they they don't quite I can tell they don't quite get it. <laughs> Like, you're going to what? Like, you want me to write a song with you? Like, what? And I have to tell them, no, you're just, you're telling me about your life, and then I'm going to go try to write a song about it. Um, And so uh, I think, you know, the other part of this project that's really meaningful is to give uh, elders an opportunity to talk and to share their story. So that part of the process to me is just as important as the song is to let them ask them questions, a complete stranger asking them questions and, and honestly interested in what their story is. And, and this, you know, at that age, you might be losing part of your memory and maybe, but to be, but bringing up images from the past, I find like, um, I know with my grandparents, you know, there were points where my grandfather told me stories that later on my parents and my grandmother told me, oh, he's never talked about that before. That's wow. never. So I think, you know, to be able to sit with someone and allow them yeah. to travel back and, and kind of look at their life as this journey, you know, as this adventure, as this really heroic, it's an ordinary story, but it's not, at the same time, it's it's extraordinary. And it's all of our, it's a, it's a universal experience that we all have heartache and we all have hardship and we all have great joys and great um, great pain and, and we're all you know courageous to be here you know living a life that's um, just getting through every day oh, that's you know? so great so that's it's so great. it's really empowering um, and, I, and I'm really excited I don't usually write in that way where I'm writing as a story I'm more of in like an artistic where it's more imagery and poetic okay. so I wasn't sure could I pull this off could I write a song that's more like a story but it's be, it's so much easier because I have all the lyrics in front of me. I have mm. the narrative. I have the story. 
and all I have to do is the part that's easy for me, which is to sing it and play it on the guitar and, you know, add melody to it. But it, but the words are there, so it's fun. That's that's just amazing. Yeah. I, I, I mean, that sounds away. so cool. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's jump back a little bit. You were you were gonna ask a question. Um, and you've kind of, one of the things I had on my list was I wanted to know the difference kind of between America and and uh, Europe, but you've already kind of explained that about how what the I mean Europe just yeah, being so much more uh, receptive to a yeah. lot of and you know I had singers. that experience in Austin as well. Like Austin, I spent eleven years there, always knowing it wasn't really my home, that it wasn't the place that I would end up. But I stayed there because of the caliber of musicians that I was surrounded by. And I think by osmosis that can kind of make you better at your, whatever it is you're striving to do better when you're surrounding yourself with people who Mm -hmm. do it better than you do. That's good. Um, And so, and it did, I felt like, you know, I definitely evolved. Um, But at the same time, there's because of the history there and because of that, that's what Austin is known for. It's the live music capital. It's where Willie Nelson kind of created this culture of songwriters. So there's an audience there where people sit and drink beer, but they they shut up and listen. Yeah. Mm. And venues are like, I can walk into a venue right away and know, is this going to be a nightmare or is this going (laughs) to be, and having like, we're at the bird's view brewery and this is beautiful. Well, hold on, let's not too, talk too much about sorry. it. No. Oh, sorry. No, no, no. I mean, in a but bad way. I was just kidding. It's, yeah, kidding. yeah, yeah. There's a stage and <laughs> there's awesome, a PA. Yeah. And that cool. alone, so every venue, every, any place that has music in Austin is set up for music. And it's very simple. It's a stage, it's a PA, and it's seating in front of the stage. And it's nice to have an area, if it's a bigger place, where people can go and talk. Mm-hmm. But it's not, but they're two separate areas. And, and that was incredible to be able to go, first of all, go and see music, see musicians that are world famous for 10 bucks in a quiet, in a bar, but it's quiet. And the sound system is awesome and you can hear everything. So it's been difficult um, to leave and to come back, you know, to a place where people are still a little bit, you know, yeah. not quite there. Like I get a lot of, of people who are booking venues saying, oh, we really like... People are playing cover songs and you know more uh, danceable yeah, music yeah. and but but honestly, if I'm gonna make tips, I know. I mean, I know. I've I've tried and so now I play about half originals, half covers, because I make you know I make part of my living doing this and I want to play out and I love singing and I love I like learning other people's songs that I enjoy you know and I like well, reinterpreting. But yeah, can you maybe yeah. go into some of those because that kind of gives uh, you know listeners of the podcast. Uh, a little bit of an idea of what kind of music you have anyway based on who you're covering a little bit. Right, right. Uh, so maybe you can mention a few of those. What, what kind of bands are you covering or what songs? So, uh, I, you know, I love Emmylou Harris, and I like... Mm. So I'm not covering songs that everybody... So, you know, I don't, I don't well, usually... Songs we love, yeah, right? <laughs> s- songs that maybe people don't know. They don't even know their covers, but right. but I love Emmylou Harris and Gillian Welch, um, Dolly Parton. I love oh. Joni Mitchell. Uh, I did, but I just started covering some. I love the Rolling Stones. The Rolling awesome. Stones have some great songs yes. and some upbeat. I play with a. We call it the Band of Havila. I have a little trio, um, two two guys that I've been playing with for years in Bellingham. When I would come back from Austin, Phil Satile and Dave Vons, and we you know we have a great time, but and we try to keep it upbeat. But again, I do miss that. You know, I miss 
being able to go into a venue and just and just play my songs and maybe play a few covers because I want to because they're oh, songs nice, that nice. I really enjoy reinterpreting. Well, do you do the gambler? Like your, like <laughs> your should, dad, right? like your dad, right? <laughs> I'll have to get down. Oh, to him, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna play another song for my life song project called Arlene. This is Arlene's song. So I meet with elderly people, usually over the age of 80, and uh, talk to them about their lives, and then I go and try to write a song about it. And when I spoke to Arlene about her life, she insisted that she was not creative, and there was no way that I would be able to write a song about her, but it ended up that she was an opera singer, and she played piano. She was one of the first female DJs in Bellingham. Her parents were from Sweden. She'd been married twice. She worked for a lumber company for 40 years. An amazing life story, so. Small room afar away, look in my eyes. 
Let's talk about, um, you know, you've mentioned a lot of your kind of traveling, touring. Um, you know, what's, how, how is that life? How is the road life kind of traveling around, whether it be in the United States or yeah. even Europe? You know, how does that work out? It's, it's not for everyone. And as I get older, on a, you know, it gets a little more pricey because I want nicer places. Mm-hmm. I'm not mm-hmm. I'm not really into the couch surfing so much anymore. Uh, when I was younger, I did. I slept in my car. I slept on people's couches and um, and that those were great adventures. but now you know I prefer being a little more comfortable and and, and also because it makes my performance better to be well rested sure. and um, so I love traveling abroad. I love traveling Europe. Um, and those are, it's difficult. It's planes, trains, and automobiles. And, you know, you want to pack as much as you can into a trip like that. Um, so the last one that we went on, I think we played, you know, 10 shows in 14 days in like five different countries. Um, and, and for me, it's like this really awesome way to get to see the world, of course. And, and also it's a great way. You're not, I'm not just a tourist. I am right. to a degree, but... I'm also connecting with the communities and people, like I said, are very supportive and really reach out. I've traveled a lot alone over 25 years and I've found that as a musician, people really, I get really well taken care of, um, which is wonderful. So it's hard for me to travel just as a tourist. I like traveling as a musician because it's like I'm kind of giving something to all of the new places that I get to go. Yeah. The High Wave is, is the album title, right? The High Wave is the last... Or the, um, I'm not... Yeah, the album title. Yeah. Is, and um, so the title track uh, is A High Wave, and the inspiration was... I was actually in Thailand, so I'm, I'm a yogi. Oh. I really love yoga, and I'd gone there to do a yoga teaching certification, and oh, I cool. was... Yeah, it was... Yeah. It's I, I integrate a lot of yoga into my voice coaching. I do voice, voice coaching, so... That's been really um, formative for me, and also just staying healthy as a musician. But I was in Thailand, and it was and it was the end of my trip there, and I had to take a boat, you know, to a ferry, to a bus. So the boat was uh, they weren't running any boats because the waves were too high, and and every all these Westerners are freaking out. Oh my God, we can't get a boat to the ferry to the bus, and we all have you know our routine our our schedules that we have to and so of course there was one boat and they're all oh, we'll we'll take you and it was a much higher price of course um and so we get on this boat and sure enough it's it was we shouldn't have been on it like it was really scary so i was how in this, big was the boat it was <laughs> tiny and there's like 50 people in it and there's like three, oh my god you know thai guys like <laughs> Paddling and the end, it was it was it was so terrifying, but it was a beautiful sun. And I thought, you know, if this is my last day on Earth, if this is it, like I'm I'm good to go. So the the whole message behind a high wave is live every day as if it's your last day. If wow. this was your last day on Earth, 
would you be happy? because you we covered your program with the elderly but you also work with kids you work so can you talk more about that yeah and can I just I'm gonna quickly interject and just say um, so the pro the program with the elderly is called the life song project um, and Allied Arts of Bellingham is uh, is supporting it meaning that you could if you did want to to donate to that project it is a tax-deductible Okay. Donations. And, so the Life Song Project them. through Allied yeah, it's Arts. Yes, nonprofit. Um, Allied Arts is a nonprofit. Great. So they're kind of they're my umbrella. Um, if you want to get more involved or find out about how you can get a song written about um, a, a relative or a friend who's around 80 or over, um, yeah. 
but I work with, I do songwriting programs with kids. Um, I've been doing summer camps for the last five years all over Washington. Um, I do one in Twisp, Bashan Island, Woodby Island, Bellingham, Seattle. Um, and then I do uh, work like after school workshops during the school year um, and workshops with like homeschool communities. And so I have a master's in teaching, like I said before. So I was a, pu a public school teacher for about 10 years. Um, so it's been really amazing to be able to integrate my background in education with my passion for songwriting. And you are teaching them music then, is that? You know, uh, what it's developed into is it's more about fostering creativity, um, self-confidence, uh, collaboration, empathy, it's become much more about social, emotional wellness and skills than it is about, I tell, you know, it, you don't have to play an instrument, you don't have to have, and of course, that the music is, we're songwriting, so yes, they're going to be exposed to music. What age are you dealing with? I'm usually working with kids between 7 and 12. Okay. Um, ki teens need to be on their own, so I do work with teens, but in their own group or with adults. Um, but I have been primarily working with kids between like third grade to, to fifth grade. How do people find out about this camp? Where can they go? Look uh, Holistic they Art Ventures is my is the organization my organization that does both the elderly programs, oh, the okay. Life Song Project, and then the programs with kids. Um, HolisticArtVentures.com, and you can get there through my website HavilahMusic.com nice. as well. Or yeah. we can we maybe can oh, put that up absolutely. on our yeah. website too for people yeah. to. All right, well, let's talk about um, you know, the difference you've noticed in your own music through the years, because things change, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. obviously, you know, we did talk about that you were in a band in Seattle, mm -hmm. and then you did some did some different right. things, and then with the elderly uh, music you're writing now, but, yeah. but other than that, it's progressed, I would assume, over, you know, you mentioned 25 yeah. years. Yeah, so, um, yeah, I've... I'd, love jazz i love singing singing as a vocalist like that style of music um and i loved fronting a rock band i have that's not something i've done since um, my songwriting like i was saying like moving to austin uh really helped me dig deeper into that and and be spending more time uh with my songs rather than just writing something off the top of, like really thinking more deeply about you know, about phrasing, about content, um, getting deeper into the guitar. I don't know. Like, it, if I listen to Super Farmhouse back in 97 yeah. and then a high wave, there's a lot of similarities. You know, my hope is that I've that I've gotten better. But at the same, you know, at the same time, I'll, I'll you know, I'll go through these dry spells and I'll dig up old songs and there's a, you know, and that's why I like working with kids. There's this freedom when you're younger. There's these layers, you know, that we build up as we get older. And there was, you know, there was a certain level of, like, creativity and inspiration that was just a lot more accessible for me then. And when I listen to those songs, I'm like, wow, those are, those are really good lyrics. <laughs> like, when, you know, and now it's just hard. It becomes more and more difficult, which is good. I mean, that's why I work with kids. It's why I thought of the the elderly programs because I needed I needed something to do and I was kind of getting bored with my own process so yeah. Well, yeah let's talk about your process so that's one thing we really like to ask people is yeah. is how do these songs become do you write the lyrics do you do the music first is it all or is it different for every song um 
I really lean, I mean, I lean on the guitar. It's hard for me to just sit uh, and, and, you know, think of a melody and remember it. It's easier now in that you can record things so easily on your phone, and I'll do that. Um, but I will usually sit with my guitar, and, uh, and I'll kind of simultaneously come up with things on the guitar and be writing on my computer, like, you know, typing out lyrics. I have horrible, horrible handwriting. So it's yeah. I'm not one of those that can just sit and journal and go through my journals and no I sit with my with my laptop and, and type layer and I like to you know and I do it with the kids too I bring this full I have this red suitcase of a printer and a computer and I tell the kids I give them journals I give them composition books and I say as soon as don't worry about your handwriting don't worry about spelling come to me as soon as you're ready I can type it up for you we can cut and paste we can move things around we can make big print and that's because that's how i work yeah <laughs> I just, right right that's how i do it so um and i'll just play something over and over and over again and i'll record it myself and listen back to it until it's something that i feel like is done uh to date uh not necessarily like necessarily release songs but What's the song you go back to and you just think like, man, that's that's kind of like one of my one of my favorite tunes that I do. You know, I mean, have we mentioned it already or? Super Farmhouse is a really, um, really special song to me. I really, I grew up in Connecticut, but I left um, when I was 15, and I found Bellingham after, you know, five years in Seattle, and it's always been home to me. And Super Farm Farmhouse was an ad. This is back in the day when you would go into a newspaper and look for a room to rent. So I was uh, going, yeah. moving up to Bellingham and, and looking in the paper and there was an ad for a super farmhouse. Um, and I had just started writing and playing the guitar and it was one of the first songs that I wrote on the guitar was Super Farmhouse. And it became the title track of my first album and people still, you know, my, my close friends and the community of people that knew me when I was first starting out and supported me love that song. Um, and I, I, I play it today and I get goosebumps and yeah. Super Farmhouse 
don't know who you are. It's so hard to live out all your dreams when you're wishing on dead stars. And the only way I know to escape a dead end street, I'll follow the empty highway until I reach the super farmhouse. Super farmhouse. And you say you can see the mountains from where we are. No city lights here. You could see all the stars. But it's so many miles from the window that I watch you through. One too many hours travel just to see you. Going around in circles, I'm so dizzy, I'm gonna fall right down. Walk the same five blocks a thousand times a day, I'm going insane. I'm a break in the routine so sick of waiting for you to say you love me so i'm leaving the day after tomorrow leaving leaving i'm leaving you darling so you can see the mountains from where we are there's no city lights here you could see all the stars there's so One thing I want to talk about is I want to. You've got quite a few shows coming up. Yeah. In yeah. Um, Bellingham and Skagit. Well, mainly, but uh, maybe Bellingham area. But I want to let people know that you're going to be at the beach at Birch Bay, March 13th and April 24th. Being at the beach once a month. So I try to get into all the little, you know, all the outlying areas yeah. of, of Bellingham and play Bellingham once a month. Right, but I'm and usually schedule. You'll be at Anelia's Kitchen and stage oh, and in LaConnor. Oh, that'll be great. The Anelia's yeah. Kitchen will be And then great. Firefly in Bellingham on March 21st. That's that'll a great, be a great show. Great venue. David there. Starr, yeah. um, who's out of Colorado, will be on tour, and he's tremendous. So that March 21st show at the Firefly will be awesome. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. All right. Well, uh, what do you want people to know about you? Where, where are you? You know, from here on out, because this podcast will live forever, right? So, so what do you oh want people God. to know about you? Uh, you know, musically. What Maybe we haven't talked about. Know about me musically. Um, I'm I'm really grateful. You know, I'm really grateful to the community, my community, and as you know, I mentioned that it's been difficult, you know, to leave that that culture of music in Austin. But I'm really Bellingham's been great to me in this whole region. You know, uh, from you know Seattle up to Blaine. I've been super busy, and I'm so grateful that people are coming out and seeing music, and I'm grateful that people like you are promoting uh, artists who are writing original songs. And um, So, yeah, thank you. Yeah. 
Yeah, well, they, thanks so much for coming on the Our Pacific Northwest Music, music Podcast. Our Pacific yeah. Northwest. Awesome. <laughs> you got to get used to saying that. Awesome. <laughs> right on. <laughs> All right. Thank you. Thanks. We're going to listen to some tracks that were recorded this evening at Birdsview Brewery. I hope you enjoy.
I'm a tumbleweed from the mountains through the desert to this city. Running away from home, a mirage of open arms stretching out to me. Blindsided, I can't say, it took me by surprise. Rushing headlong, head first, to my heart's demise. Swallowed by the whale. The baited breath, thank you. Aiding on the inhale. Oh, and the wave comes rushing in. I let everything go. Whoa, whoa, to the horizon. Are. I'm a purple yellow flower in a cornfield. I give you anything just to see that look of love. No, it's for real. But I am Jonah, swallowed by the wind. The bated breath waiting on the Rushing in, I let everything go. Whoa, whoa, oh. Stargaze and moon hanging, I just let go. I know I would fly. This and all that's to be discovered in this emptiness. I am Jonah, swallowed by the wind, with bated breath, waiting on the inhale. Rushing in, I let everything go. Whoa, whoa, oh, to the horizon. I'm a tumbleweed. Oh, Took me by surprise. Rushing headlong, head first to my heart's demise. To my heart's demise.
myself on a little tour and a local and a little uh, some newspaper did want to you know have, do an interview and I was on a ferry I remember being on a ferry I was on the east coast and I was on the ferry and uh and I get and I forget why there wasn't cell phones but someone they called me on the ferry like I had a phone conversation with this newspaper on the ferry like on a phone and there was a guy, maybe there was a payphone on the ferry, but anyway, there was a guy standing in back of me, and I had it in my head that he was standing near me and, like, listening to my conversation because he, like, knew that it was, like, special and that maybe I was somebody famous. And I'm talking on the phone, and I'm this interview and talking about myself, and Anna, and then all of a sudden I, like, really look at him, and he's super pissed off. He's waiting for the phone. <laughs> like, and it finally dawns on me, it doesn't, has no clue and doesn't care who I am. He wants to use the damn phone. And, uh, yeah, that was lots more lessons in humility after that, I can tell you, and then this business. <laughs> Songs start out in your living room or in your shower, and then they're not really, they sound really good there. <laughs> and it's not until you play them in front of people that you decide if they're really real. Distraction, where is clarity? 
Thanks for listening to our Pacific Northwest music. Hope you enjoyed it. Check us out next month. Thanks so much to our friends Jack Mattingly and the Whiskey Fever. That was the track you heard at the start. And here it is again. Wouldn't want to miss this off the album Oceans of Trouble. Go check it out. They're from Cedro Wood.